Kevin. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I just got back from a road trip in which I drove 1,700 miles. That's a lot of miles. It's so many miles. I mean, is that more or less than Vanessa Carlton's? I think if you add Vanessa Carlton in with the guys that, the Scottish guys that did the 500 miles. Oh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know just, their name. No, no, <laughs> no not could even, not tell uh, you. That's the nope. Proclaimers guys. Oh! <laughs> oh please welcome <laughs> to the stage! <laughs> Oh, we didn't even know you were here. Look at that surprise. The, the Proclaimers stan we invited <laughs> yes. to this podcast. To be fair, uh, I don't know any other songs by them. No, I, neither does. do they. No I don't think they could name them. So, <laughs> everyone, all... everyone listening, um, this is our good internet friend, Joel. Um, he's here to mix up some reviews with us. Absolutely. Joel is a comedian and a podcaster. Joel Arnold, I guess we're doing, if we're going by Christian names. Mm-hmm. And, and we are here in the Mixed Reviews, this Christian household. Absolutely. And the Mixed Reviews, <laughs> oh, if this is your first episode of the Mixed Reviews, this seems a little scattershot. This is my fault. But if this is your first episode of the Mixed Reviews, we are a podcast where we take a film subject, such as an actor, director, and or mini genre, and we look at the history, and then we decide what's good and what's bad. Yeah. We mix up those reviews. We get nice and hot. And then we... we it is um, a little hot here. It is a little bit hot in here, huh? Um, well, we were discussing here. Chris Hemsworth. So Chris, it's yeah, true. It's hot for everyone. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get... It's only going to get hotter. And, and I would like to reiterate for those who weren't listening before we started recording... It is Pride Month. Yes. And we invited a straight man here mm-hmm. to talk about Chris Hemsworth. What is wrong with us? We're so subversive. We're so, um, yeah, exactly. Joel, you I, are our one-person straight pride parade. Mm-hmm. and we, <laughs> Congratulations, you yeah, made it. You made it. I, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy I chose, I chose him. Before we get into why Joel decided to choose Chris Hemsworth, let's take care of some old business. Um, last episode, we talked about Emma Thompson with um, our good friend Joe Reed. Um, Excellent episode. Oh, great episode. Excellent engagement. Oh my god. From I think more votes than we've gotten on any other so, uh, subject oh my before. God, yeah. A lot of votes, a lot of um, hot takes. So passionate. Um, so we asked you guys to go on our Twitter and vote for your favorite Emma Thompson movie. Um, and here are the results. Both me and Gavin's pick, Wit, came in at last per- last place with 6%. Howard's End came in at 13%. Love Actually came at 26%. And Sense and Sensibility came at 55%. Um... You you mentioned people just have not seen wit. Yeah, I what, think I think that's literally what it is. Yeah, um, uh, and then just a bunch of people uh, came out of the woodwork to say uh, they loved Much Do About Nothing. I love you guys because love that fucking movie. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, uh, what else? People said it dead again. Remains of the day. I, I did like the one person who voted for the tall guy. Yeah, he, the <laughs> one person did vote for the tall guy. Uh, my friend Jesse chastised us for how wrong we are because Howard Zen is clearly the only answer. Right. Um, yep. Um, Joel, if you had to choose one Emma Thompson moment, what 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 would you? choose is your uh, pinnacle of her career oh i feel very basic because i haven't seen wit i've read the play and now i i need to see it based on your recommendation but i'm gonna have to choose love actually because it's just so good to have you joel it was so (laughs) nice thank you for coming in but you're not you read the play that's pretty like (laughs) like you're good um and all you haters gavin included can i don't know go under a rock somewhere. <laughs> well, luckily, I own 50% of this company. So. Um, I I will say this uh, about um, Sense and Sensibility. Of course, of course she deserves to win for it. But 
what sort of podcast would we be if we were like, go and look at the one thing that you know about her and that's it? Well, yeah, I, I mean, think... I, I get that. But also like we're, I I want to also be honest yes. and truthful. And yeah. I think if, if I really had thought that Sense and Sensibility was for me my top pick, even Howard's End, um, I think I had mentioned I preferred um, The Remains of the Day to yes. Howard's yeah, End. Yeah. But um, Wit just kind of like devastated me in a very aggressive way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I choose for my <laughs> my well, five-star review. Devastation. <laughs> well, I think that takes care of Emma. <laughs> Emma, good luck with um, Late Night. It's out. It's out now. It's out now. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's doing stuff. I It's funny. I keep I keep I feel like I'm seeing more and more ads for it now that it's out than I ever saw in the lead up to it. So mm. maybe Amazon is just finally doing that, doing the work, that, the more than last minute push. But uh, yeah, it's funny. Go see it. Go see it, Hennies. Uh Okay, great. Now let's get into the the good, good. Yes, well, the reason why we all came here. So before we move into our rewind, I'm I must know, Joel. You picked yeah. Chris Hemsworth. We always <laughs> let our guests pick. So give us a little background. Like, what is it about? Chris Hemsworth that you were like I want to dig a, I want to dig a little deeper I want to I want to touch those abs and tr- yeah, oh wait yeah. that's me that's me sorry that's you okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 it's it's me too uh <laughs> this came from a few places it came from me just thinking he's at an interesting place in his career either post Marvel or transitioning away from that uh I just I'm rooting for him because I think he has more to offer than Thor but it is in very large part because of the experience I had in New York when I lived there. I live in L.A. now, and I was working as a production assistant uh, for various films and TV shows. And I was on set with him for a uh. digital short for Saturday Night Live. And oh my God. I was in the room and something happened to me. Like him <laughs> in called person. An erection. <laughs> yes. You're a man now, Joel. <laughs> God, no, no. See, he is a man. I felt viscerally. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like that, he is doing it right. Like just tall and chiseled. He had the short hair at that time, so just like mm-hmm. drawn mm-hmm. to the face, like the, the jawline, the cheekbones. I was like, okay, I'm attracted to all of this. He's like small, <laughs> having small talk with uh, some other crew members, and he's talking about like, oh, his wife just had a baby, and I'm just like, you should leave her. Be with me. Like, yeah. let's do it. But it was literally just being struck visually by him. Like, I think he mm. is a fantastic canvas. And I think he's talented as well. Okay. That's, That's interesting. A, a canvas. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't disagree. I, I must admit. Um, so, and we're going to get to this in the rewind. It genuinely surprised me that we have only been getting Chris Hemsworth in film uh, since 2009. That he's only been, he only has a decade. Yeah. Uh, but in doing this project, like, I definitely feel like I have a sense of what it is he does and what it is that maybe has been projected onto him that he doesn't do very well. Right. So, because I guess there's mm, an expectation when you look like that. Right. 100%. That, like, you're, you're expected to do a certain thing in Hollywood. And, and I think what's interesting about his career, too, is I feel like outside of, like, the first couple movies, he never went through, like, a... 
he never went through like a sidekick phase. Right. No. Uh, it was almost like, oh, you did these like smaller roles. You're a leading man. He did Thor and now he's a leading man. Right. And I think now in a, I don't want to say post Thor world because he, if you've seen Avengers Infinity War, he's clearly the only person who re-upped his contract. Um, but, really? Yeah, I thought so at the I end of no that idea. movie. <laughs> that mo- I don't come for me, Marvel fans. Like I've seen it all, <laughs> love it all. Yeah. But like that Infinity War, I was like, I was so jaded by that. I don't know what happened. They started signing their names at the end, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. They with pulled this. the Star Trek six. I couldn't do it. I was. Like, uh, <laughs> by the way, I love you, Joel, because you were the first person to to message me about that. You were like, oh, Star Trek 6! Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and I was yeah. like, I know! They, an <laughs> they don't deserve it! it. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Renner signing his name. I can't believe! <laughs> like, I saw Scarlett Johansson looking over her shoulder, and her, I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I was, I was like, Star Trek has had like 30 years at that point. <laughs> They're allowed to sign their names at the end of their last film. Anyway. But anyway. But yeah, so I think, I think he's a, I do think he's an interesting subject. And even though he probably has a very long career ahead of him, um, yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to be a little sort of fascinating creature to, yeah. to look deeper into. Because this is also maybe the first person we've done where they're so closely tied to like a franchise. Yeah. And there's not... Mostly franchise. Mostly, yeah. yeah. That, in, in his career, it's mostly franchise. And there are like little things here and there that he, I don't know, did while he was on break. Um, but we'll get into it. We'll see it. So why don't we... Well, well before we move into a rewind, uh, by the way, uh, because uh, I have disposable income when it comes to <laughs> jokes. Okay, okay. Celebrating Chris Hemsworth. Messy. I, I got Louie and I... Very large cans of Fosters. Wait, you got one for me and you? Oh, yeah. Okay, Joel Joel can't see this, um, but this is <laughs> obnoxiously large. And oh, no. how many how many ounces is this? <laughs> this is, like, obscene. And also what I love about this is, uh, to my knowledge... It's like, a one full pint. It is a full pint of beer in a can. Okay. To my knowledge, um... I can't even... Most Australians it. hate Fosters, and it's not even made there. But... We now have very large cans of Fosters. I'm sure it's disgusting. It says and, uh, it's brewed in the USA, but it also has this kangaroo on it. So, <laughs> so cheers to Chris, Hems- Chris Hemsworth cheers. as we move into our rewind. Thank you for Ooh, this delicious. Oh, that's, oh, that's real bad. <laughs> I'm actually not mad at it. <laughs> Christopher Hemsworth was born el- the 11th of August, 1983, making him a mere... Three, four months older than me, which Wait. is impossible. <laughs> Wait, so he's what, 57? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh. Um, he is 35, going on 36. He's 35 years yeah, old? He's 35 years A old. A full grown man yeah. looks like that. Yeah, At 35? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I know, because when I look in the mirror, I look like a 12-year-old who made a good wish. <laughs> um, he was born to Leonie, an English teacher, and Craig Hemsworth, who was a social services counselor. Um, he's the middle child, which, I mean, can't you tell? Um, <laughs> his older brother, Luke, and his younger brother, Liam, both are actors. We will not be discussing them. <laughs> we won't? I mean, if you want to. Wait, we're not talking about uh, Independence Day resurgence? <laughs> okay, I... Oh, that's where fucking... Luke... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Liam? Or Liam is I, yeah, that's Liam. I think that's where he's been. Yeah. Where is Luke? That's I, I don't mean to get a sidetrack. No, Luke? Oh, he's on Westworld. Really? Yep. They're 100% Australian, but he's, you know, 
got a lot of other things in in his like ancestry: Irish, English, Scottish, German, just all the things, like all the mayonnaise put all, together, just all the just white. <laughs> <laughs> he was raised in Melbourne. Um, in Bullman Northern Territory. Uh, I don't know a lot about Australian geography. He stated, my earliest memories were on the cattle stations up in the outback, and then we moved back to Melbourne. I'm probably saying that Melbourne? Melbourne. I feel like people, <clears throat> I feel like Americans say Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne, whatever. But like, I think Australians say like, Melbourne? Melbourne. And then we moved back to Melbourne. I'm not gonna, and then good back out there. Good and then work. back again. Certainly most of my childhood was in Melbourne. But probably most vivid memories were up in, in Bullman with crocodiles and buffaloes. Very different walks of life. Did he just say that he was growing up with crocodiles and buffaloes? Yeah. You know, how, how were you raised? I'm sorry. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, I'm just what, what among it? these, like, large, like, muscular animals. I, I'm imagining <laughs> him living among them, just being, like, raised yeah. by wolves. Him, like, calling upon the spirit of Crocodile Dundee, just, like, I don't know, wrangling and, like, or his mom being like, Chris! We got another alligator. I don't know why I'm doing a southern thing. Like it's, we Foster's is going straight to your head. I know we can clearly state that our accent work today is not. Yeah, it's a little shoddy. Yeah, he attended high school at Heathmont College before his family again returned to the Northern Territory and then moved a few years later to Phillip Island. Um, and that's like, let me tell you, when we're light on the facts for Chris Hemsworth, like that's the end of his childhood period, folks. He then just, like, fully emerges as, like, a hot soap star. Yeah, absolutely. In 2002, he did two episodes of a fantasy television series uh, called Guinevere Jones, in which he played King Arthur, which I can totally see. Oh, yeah. He um, literally is a look-up King Arthur that's his yeah. face. Uh, he I did a bit of that show, and it's I think it's literally only a couple of flashbacks where he does <laughs> not talk and just looks handsome, mm. and he did great. My yeah. favorite Hemsworth. Yeah, just... <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> just be your handsome self. Um, and and from that job, he got a bunch of different jobs. He was on the the, the soap Neighbors. Uh, he did an episode of Martial Law. And he appeared on an episode of something called The Saddle Club. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Which, this logo looks surprisingly like Seinfeld. It does. <laughs> um, it also looks kind of like a campy, like, show that... Um, would air on logo. Yeah. Um, like, and the Saddle Club, just all these sassy gay cowboys. Okay, honestly, like, so, Joel, can you pitch that to someone in LA or? I would, I would love to. I would love to take that project, honor, <laughs> honor everything it, it needs to be. And mm-hmm. honestly, uh, why he should have been in Magic Mike or needs to be in something like that soon. Oh, I mean, I could definitely whoa, see whoa, whoa, whoa. What if they did that with just the cast of the Avengers? What if they all got together? Yeah. Yeah. I would be into that. Yeah. All, all the Chris's. How about that? All the, yeah. Except for Pratt. Have we replaced Pratt with somebody better um, yet? Um... I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of momentum building for Christine Baranski. Gay rights! Oh, oh yes! Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's favorite Chris. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love Christine that. Baranski. Um, but his big break comes in 2004. Uh, he auditions for a role on an Australian soap opera called Home and Away. Uh, the role was Robbie Hunter. He did not get it. Mm. But they called him back because they were creating this character named Kim Hyde. Um, Kim Hyde? Yeah. Kim Hyde. He's the son uh, he's like the, the like angry, rebellious son of the principal at the school. I will not allow what happened to the last school to happen here. So what are you going to do? You might marry a repeat a year again? 
Kids here already think you're a Nazi. How's that any different to law school? Don't push me, Caitlin! Don't push me, Dad! If you do know, I'm gonna push you back! Now, I, I watched a bunch of clips from this show, and I, I'm a big soap opera, like, I grew up on soap operas, um, and it looks just like, like, literally the same production value as American soap operas. It's, it looks a lot like American soap operas crossed with that one one summer season of Saved by the Bell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and that was, yeah. That, and that's it. Uh, is this a soap opera that's, like, very famous in Australia that, like, a lot of Australian actors come through? Yes, famously, uh, that soap opera also gave us both Naomi Watts and Heath Ledger, so. It's, so it's a long-running show. Oh, yes. How old was he when he was doing these soaps? So this was 2004, so he would have been 20. Wow. Yeah. Like the peak of like I, I a could young do, hot I, man. I could do that math because that's how old I was. <laughs> oh, man. it's I don't like thinking about that. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to some food about this later. <laughs> he appeared in 171 episodes of the series and then wow. left the show in 2007. So he get, gave a good run. Wow. You know? I don't know if we know this information or not, but... Was his older brother also acting? Like, I, I, I just wonder which Hemsworth brother was the one that was like, guys, like we should... who, who got the bug first? Well, who's the one who was like, we sh- can like leverage our hotness? I think I read that Luke was doing acting before yeah. Chris. My older brother Luke started, and then we kind of followed in his footsteps. We a, a couple of um, acting classes and. and drama school and then we kind of each kind of followed each other it's it's interesting too because i i almost compare it to i was thinking about this the other day um it's almost as if like nathan fillion who i remember the the first time i ever saw nathan fillion was as a kid playing joey buchanan on one life to live and then he like became famous for be doing other TV, doing all the Joss Whedon products. But it's almost like if he had gotten a big superhero movie and blown up, it's sort to me it feels the same sort of trajectory. Right. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth has a leg up on him, which is not to say anything bad about Nathan Fillion, but like, right, he doesn't look like a Greek yeah. statue. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he he looks like a you know a hot dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even when he was younger, still in the mold of hot dad. Just a hot dad. Just yeah, yeah. Some people just can't yeah. look. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that you're. It's it's interesting to watch his career build the way it ramps up so sharply. I think even Tom Hiddleston isn't. It's not quite as meteoric as he was still before uh, Loki doing British television. Like it's really. Right. I also think oh. that he might be the most successful at crafting uh, a bankable screen persona outside of those actors who previously weren't established. But I, I, I'm not sure about that. I guess we're gonna have to get into it. <laughs> but he also, you know, just to make sure that he wasn't busy enough, he also appeared on the fifth season of Dancing with the Stars Australia, <gasps> partnered with professional dancer Abby Ross. I had no idea about this. You didn't? This is oh, incredible. I know Joel knows about this. Oh, yes. He, I'm not sure he's the best dancer, but... It, I think that is where I really saw his charisma start to come out. Like he's he's got this clean shaven frat boy persona, but even then he seems to be 
having some fun with it. Well, me and Abby, we have a few uh, creative discussions at times. Didn't. Did we not do one on the right foot? No. I'm not the only one that makes mistakes. Counting is a bit of an issue for her. Plus two, seven, eight. Step, what did I do wrong? Step, I can't count. He lasted six weeks on the show and was eliminated on November 7th, which I guess that's pretty good. Decent. Yeah. As I mentioned, he leaves home and ele- away at in 2007 and his big filmic break comes in 2009 when he's cast as George Kirk the father of yeah. James T Kirk in JJ Abrams Star Trek pseudo reboot um i remember that cuz it was a kind of a big i think he had maybe auditioned for yeah. uh, Kirk right and then ended up just getting like the dad role which is like a very oh small absolutely role. I mean, it it destroyed me. That that it's the year my dad died. We'd already had plans to see the movie, and I had no idea that the movie began that way. And I saw it at a, a midnight showing in the theater and wept through those first fifteen oh, minutes, yeah. like like a big a baby. Um, and I still can't watch it without like tearing up. What is it? It's a boy. A boy? Tell me about it. He's beautiful. George. Impact alert. What are we gonna call him? We can name him after your father. Tiberius? You kidding me? No, that's the worst. Let's name him after your dad. Let's call him Jim. Because like the scene is like him just like very like I mean yeah sacrificing himself yeah like and also it's very moody yeah. it's like you know the, the light it's I mean it launched the J.J. Abrams like Star Trek aesthetic which is very just like lights and like yeah shadows which we still have to this day because you can't tell me that Star Trek Discovery didn't pick up on some of that yeah he then next starred as a character named Kale in the thriller Perfect Getaway it's not a huge role it's a, he's only in like a third of the movie his name's Kale Kale yeah great he's like a badass a badass uh, yeah. vegetable he's, he's very just like Strong, big, threatening. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was good. In it, okay, I'll be honest. Okay, okay. I, yeah. Um, and so then he's like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do this acting thing." And he arrives in America, and the first thing he does is 2010's Cash, uh, which is the final film directed by Steven Milber Anderson. And let me tell you, it's not good. Mm-mm. No, no, it is not. God, <laughs> yeah, it is. it's him and Sean Bean, and it's just like, you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of filmmakers took the wrong lessons away from early Tarantino. Yeah. 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 I just felt bad watching it because so much of that movie yeah. looked expensive. It was shot in Chicago. They had, I mean, not well done car chases, but car chases. They like smashed in a Lincoln Town car. And I was like, this, but the lighting is, is from a student film. This, uh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> not a Lincoln Town car. <laughs> he it's funny uh steven milburn anderson said you know hemsworth auditioned for him he'd only been in america for six weeks and um but he recalled you know saying here's a guy who's young has the right look is a very good actor and let's face it he's beautiful so i say we need to get this guy in i was very impressed Did, um, in this movie like i i, I think we need to really track the accent yeah. of uh chris <laughs> Like, cause it, in like an accentometer, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it goes places from like, and so in cash, how are we doing? Not great, not great, Joel. Yeah. 
Thoughts? No, it goes in and out. This is definitely him getting yeah. his feet in a lot of things. Like I, I think also I, the direction is is bad. He does not know what to do with yeah. his hands a significant amount of the time. <laughs> I agree. So we've started, and it's shaky boots. Okay, mm. that is essentially the end of his like sidekicky career because in 2011 he's cast as Thor. And Thor, to remind us all, is the like third Marvel movie to come out, right? It's the after fourth because we had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man two. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So like the following thing was another Iron Man and a Thor thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he was he was one of the earliest ones though. Oh, absolutely. He put on twenty pounds of muscle for the for the role, and I do I do just want to revisit this. Um, there is a very like notoriously famous article from Vulture in 2009. The headline is Marvel rolls the dice, <laughs> cast no names for Thor. Whew. And they're referring to Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. Um, I mean, it's funny because the role of Thor is dependent so much on the visual, right? Like it's a Greek, God of Thunder, like Norse, no, sure, Jan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they must have had like, okay, we need like a ty- like a physical type for this role, um, and right place, right time. I don't know, you know, like he is the body type of like you look at the comics and you're like, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. And I do, and- I do just want to read. This is a very short article, anyways, but I do just want to read this little bit. Um, Australian actor Chris Hemsworth, whom you might recall from the opening scene of Star Trek, will play the Norris superhero. And then it follows that up with, let's hope they follow the J.J. Abrams route and put the money they saved in casting straight to special effects. So they're saying they got him on the cheap. Yeah. Which was the classic Marvel thing to do at the time. And honestly, when I was seeing Star Trek, I was also moved by that opening scene and thought, okay, that actor surely is someone I have missed all of his movies, but he is definitely someone who is like a leading man in movies. Yeah. Uh, So it was, yeah, it was a shock that he was not. And I think they took a risk, but seemingly it it all paid off. And and I also did read. Yeah, it was like a calculated risk. But part of me feels like. Yeah, like he couldn't carry it if he was just the look. Right. But also, like, the role has so much baggage anyway. Like, we all, not we all, but, like, people who are invested in comic books and this character, there's already baggage to it. So I don't, they kind of needed someone who didn't have any, you know, like you kind of said, he's a good canvas for uh, this role. I mean, he has the body and there's no, um, uh, you know, it, it worked with Robert Downey Jr. because his baggage happened to mirror a lot of Tony Stark's, right, right, you know, character. Um, whereas with Thor, it's just like he was this blank ca- canvas that Marvel could like really paint this full picture on. And like I said, kind of were like forcing him to do the thing of like just be hot, um, right. and be look like this god and, and charming. Yeah. Like he, there's, I, I have recently rewatched Thor. And he's so good. And I think what's also helped, um, the, that movie, much like many of the Marvel movies, had a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it came to writers. The last person to touch the script was Don Payne, who was a Simpsons writer, um, who unfortunately passed away. He, he wrote the script for the second movie and then it was rewritten after he died. And I listened to him talk about some of the, some of the concepts he came up with, which were like, 
he when he read the original script, he's like, it was good, but a lot of it was that sort of fish out of water where like he'd see a car and be like, What is this dragon? Yeah. And Don Payne was like, None of that's funny. And, you know, the thing about the Norris gods is is they're aware of humans. They just think humans are beneath them. <laughs> so like he replaced that scene with like him just walking into traffic because he doesn't think cars will hit him. And he added the scene of him walking into the pet store and being like, I need a horse. I need a horse. We don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. And give me one of those large enough to ride. And that stuff is really funny. And I think Hemsworth is, like you like you both have said, such a blank slate that hearing that come out of his mouth is inherently funny. Yeah. Because there is it it's not in uh intellectual problem it's an it's an earnest issue yeah can we also talk about so his accent here the thor accent yes is so good yeah i don't know what it is <laughs> yeah i don't it's, i can't place it either it's not it's not uh norse it's not norwegian particularly no no but it, it, he also he kind of bellows you know when he's like oh like he has a lot of that and I don't know what, and like when we see him later in like uh, Ghostbusters or whatever, he doesn't talk like that. That's not no. his voice. He was able to really capture the Thor character pretty quickly. And yeah. um, as you move on through his career, he's able to really grow the character in really cool, interesting ways. I'd forgotten based on that first movie, since we've been with him for so long, where he actually began. He's so like pissy and like, yeah. entitled and emotional. I forgot, maybe because Captain America and Tony Stark, they have more clearly choreographed arcs over the series, but Thor, he's come he's come a long way, and I'm very proud right. of him. But that's really the birth of Hemsworth as a leading man, and that's basically what he does for the rest of his career until recently. So following that, you get The Cabin in the Woods, which, uh, you know, goes, it's filmed, like, in late 2009 doesn't come out till 2012, gets shelved because the studio's not sure what they want to do with it. He said in an interview that he had filmed Cabin in the Woods prior to his audition for Thor, or one of his auditions for Thor. He did not do well enough on the first one to impress the producers. I remembered reading the the breakdown for Thor. It said must be over 6'3 and 200 pounds. I thought, oh, cool, this is the one thing that sort of it fits me. You know, most of the time I'd have to lie about my height and say I was a little shorter and I'd only get cast or a football player or something. So I thought, great, this is up my alley. I came into the audition with Ken Branagh, thought I nailed it, and then <laughs> never heard anything back. But my little brother um, was in Australia and had sent a tape across. He got a call back, then another call back, and then was down to the last kind of four or five people for it. And I remembered sitting in Vancouver, shooting Cabin in the Woods with uh, Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon. Both of them were looking at the trades at the sort of top five guys for Thor and saying, why aren't you in the mix here? What happened? I said, I don't know. I blew my audition, I guess. None of those guys got it. My manager then called up and said, you know, he's got an older brother, you know, can we bring him back in? So I did an audition in Vancouver in, the, in this hotel room with my mum reading Anthony Hopkins' part, and she must have nailed it because uh, <laughs> it got me back in the room. And that second audition was, um, was a lot different than my first one. You know, I came in kind of with a little motivation and, and, and maybe frustration that my little brother had gotten further than me. <laughs> the sibling rivalry sort of kicked up in me. And then it kind of it moved pretty quick from there. That's cool. But he said that Joss Whedon gave a phone call over to Kenneth Branagh and kind of, you know, made 
the case for him when he was just out of the running and they were still looking, which sort of got him back in the door after they knew what he could do in Cabin in the Woods. Wow, Joss, what a solid. Shortly following that, you know, he is the male lead in Snow White and the Huntsman, and unless it's someone's pick, I'd rather just not even talk about Wait, it. Wait, I'm confused. Okay, because... <laughs> so there's two of these movies, right? Yes. The first one does not have him. No, oh. he's in it. Yes, he's in it both does. of them. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is Snow White and the Huntsman. Yes. And then the second one is... Huntsman's Winter War- Winter's War. The Hunts... Say it again? The Huntsman's Winter's War. And okay, I feel like there's too many apostrophes in that. <laughs> I, I um, weirdly, I, I like the, I like the. Oh, Joel. Yeah, they're, no, they're nowhere near a five star, and the first one is, it's all sorts of, it's all sorts of problematic between Rupert Sanders, the director. Well, uh, I, that's all anybody remembers from the first one is that Rupert yeah. Sanders ended the the Robert Pattinson. Um, uh, yeah. Kristen Stewart relationship, which, by the way, we're better off for it. Right. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's also like, he would work. go on to direct Ghost in the Shell, and I found out he's also the one who's trying to make Rub and Tug. Like he is doing nothing right. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Yeah. He like is just like, how can I be more problematic? <laughs> <laughs> I only saw the second one, weirdly okay. enough. Um, and I remember thinking, I was like, there's a lot of like women doing things in this, and that's kind of cool. Um, and, uh, Charlize. Yeah. Who we've talked about at length. Well, I watched the second one for our Charlize episode. Uh, so I hadn't. And, um, she's a great evil woman. I mean, she's, she's the best thing about this. They luckily realized that if they were going to make a sequel and focus it on Chris Hemsworth, they had to take the best thing from the first movie, which was her. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sad that she's not in more of it. Do you still believe that love? Conquers all. Maybe not all. Just you. Are you ready, Huntsman? Hey. 2012, the Red Dawn remake. Uh, 2013, he's cast in Rush for Ron Howard, in which he plays uh, Formula One world champion James Hunt, who won in 1976. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in 2014, just to like give it a little extra cap to himself, he's labeled people magazine sexiest man alive oh. he did a lot of work in these two like i mean so thor happens and it's just like yeah. boom boom like work 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 yeah work. absolutely and that's all he's doing if he didn't have i think more avengers or more thor movies i wonder if his uh check would have run out like he they're putting him in these things as a leading man and these movies are maybe not his fault but they're not doing as well as you might hope for getting right. the fans of right. of Marvel or of Thor to come over. I think they've been trying to figure out, okay, what can we, what is he good at? What can we use him for? And also get that to align with what will the Marvel fans come over and see him in. And And that's part of the problem too, is I feel like these projects aren't, good ambassadors for what he does well in the marvel movies right i mean you look at rush which i don't think is i saw it in the theater i don't have a lot of strong feelings for it either way but i i liked him in it i thought he did a really good job i love the movie um but i'm a sucker for like sports movies right and i think it's a very good sports movie and i realized i i watched in the in the heart of the ocean and i I was like, okay, first of all, Ron Howard has a weird thing going on with 
Chris Hemsworth because yeah. he's in both these movies. I was like, whatever's going on there, great. Um, Joss Whedon called him. So. Joss Whedon called. Hey, <laughs> okay. um, daddy, yeah. they won't cast me anymore. <laughs> I love Rush, but also uh, Daniel Bruhl is very good in it. Um, and Daniel Bruhl was the standout for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but also like Chris Hemsworth, uh, John, is it John Hunt? Uh, James, James, James Hunt. James, yeah. I mean, the character of James Hunt is this like hot playboy. Yeah. Um, and you know, Chris, Hem- I think Chris was able to like capture that well enough. Of the non-Marvel things that Chris has done, I'd say like this is Rush is a standout for sure. It also means that you would effectively win the championship. So I can see why this suits you just fine. Why? There will be no points for me either. No, but there would be one race less where I or anyone else here could catch you. James is right. This is just tactics. Yeah, I think it's it's one of his best. Uh, maybe not one of his best as the central figure, since I think Daniel Bruhl is, like you were saying, the standout. But I think he's very good in it. And I was impressed revisiting it, because I liked it when I saw it in the theater, that he's doing something where he's, you know, it's in his range. He's playing cocky and entitled but it's different than Thor. It's more of a of a posh uh, right. kind of uh, British society uh, playboy. And I was like, okay, well, this is yet another shade. Like, you're stepping two inches out of where we've seen you. Okay, keep going. It's just weird, though, because this was, like, kind of an awards season, like, swing. Oh, yeah. Um, it and, was a grab. Yeah, it yeah. was a grab. It was a reach. And, you know... Um, <sighs> If you look at the poster for this movie, like, he is, like, the big... Like, Daniel Bruhl is, like, small on it, and Chris Hemsworth is the big main guy. Um, and I would argue that they're both co-leads in it, but it's clear that they were like, we want to make this, um, you know, awards movie, but we were, we're hoping to make money off of it with a big fancy star. And come see uh, Chris Hemsworth, like, hot Thor dude, be, um, you know, in this award-winning movie or whatever. And that didn't work out totally, but... I don't think it's, um, it was, yeah, it wasn't out of his range. Shortly thereafter in his future, I mean, there's more Marvel. He does the Avengers, he does this, the sequel to Avengers, he does his own sequel, Thor the Dark World, which is less received. I don't think Thor the, I think the problems with Thor the Dark World are, are mostly in a kind of messy script and some bad direction. I don't think it's any of the actors' fault. Yeah, the Dark World feels like a plot point in the, like, like, they were in their, like, Marvel HQ and they were like, fuck, okay, so this is where, like, the whole thing is going to happen that is going to, like, be really necessary for when we get to Infinity War. Yeah. And so, like, it was just fully... Because when I watched Infinity War, I was like, wow, that movie really fucking mattered, I guess, to the plot. But none of us cared about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, I think that... I also think that, I don't know, there's not a lot to me uh, great chemistry between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth in the first Thor but yeah, I think when, for some reason, she's back in the second movie and they haven't spoken to each other in two years, like, that was a more relatable relationship I could see them playing where she's been, like, hung up on him for two years. Sorry, I just needed to make sure you were real. It's been a very strange day. Oh, I am. Jane, what? Where were you? Where were you? Heimdall could not see you. I was right here where you left me. I was waiting and then I was crying and then I went out looking for you. You said you were coming back. I know, I know, but the Bifrost was destroyed. The Nine Realms erupted into chaos. Wars were raging, marauders were pillaging. I had to put an end to the slaughter. As excuses go, it's not terrible. 
when your love life is literally the plot of the song it's raining men there you go like you know i mean hello it's hard not to build that chemistry in that's 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 a good take though joel because i now that you mention it yeah i mean i think chris hemsworth has more chemistry with tessa thompson you know gods yeah oodles 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 of it oodles yeah i'll go with oodles minimum oodles yeah um uh yeah i don't know i mean i love natalie Portman. we did a whole episode about her um but she uh, she knew she wasn't in the right spot right. doing these movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, will, I will say I I will go to bat for her like at least showing up. I guess yeah. like that's my you know that's my opinion of Jane Foster. Twenty fifteen, he stars in Michael Mann's uh, Black Hat. Financially disappointing and also like critically in the middle. But it's funny because uh, I feel like twenty fifteen is maybe around. It might be a little later after I met you, Joel, and it feels like the crowd that we hung out with. Um, a lot of those critics like fucking loved Black Hat, and I hadn't seen it till this time, and I was like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> you're like, "You're like where?" Yeah, I think a lot of those folks would go in on what Michael Mann is doing, and I think yes. for a few reasons it didn't work for me. I think some of it's the structure, even though I saw the director's cut, I got my hands on that, and that is structured. Yeah, a little I bit also saw the director's cut, but it's yeah. also I think the well, in, in part I think the video quality doesn't super work for me it feels a little amateur oh, at times I, I think this phase i want to i want to fucking go in on the video but that's did we okay. did, you, did you watch did you watch this for um viola davis no i didn't i, I didn't either okay viola. but we've watched it now okay yeah it was perhaps best that i avoided for viola <laughs> um and so but also in the same year he does in the heart of the ocean or in the heart of the sea for ron howard as you mentioned before he he lost um massive amounts of weight to do this film because there's a whole thing about the crew starving uh he plays first mate owen chase and apparently the cast was put on a 500 to 600 calorie diet which is what i have like is for breakfast yeah exactly like half a donut that i ate for breakfast yeah i saw that today and i was like okay so here we are again chris hemsworth ron howard doing a big sweeping like melodrama thing now it's a period moment in Nantucket, and it's, like, kind of about Moby Dick, but not really. Young Spider-Man is in it. Yeah. Little um, Tom Holland. They they still have some cute chemistry together. They've been doing press rounds advertising both Spider-Man and Men in Black because they're both owned by Sony. Um, so, Chris. Tom, is it? It is, yeah. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Just Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, what, okay, sure. 2016 comes along. He reprises his role in everybody's favorite fairy tale character, The Huntsman. Uh, yeah. Everybody hey, reads the very the Huntsman. famous Huntsman yes. fairy tale that they love. And uh, he also plays, takes the minor role of Kevin um, in Ghostbusters. Yeah. He's the receptionist. and A.K.A. white male, hot, privileged, hot, white male. Hot. Um And I will say, like, this is 2016, which is only three years ago, is where I think you're starting to see a change in what chris hemsworth is doing as an actor yeah um i also forgot to mention 2015 he also does vacation and vacation it's a very similar role to the character that he plays in ghostbusters where it's like hot guy but he's funny which like doesn't that piss you off yes i have lived my life as an average looking person so i've had to be funny every day of my fucking life honestly (laughs) i blog about it every day (laughs) i have live journal entries talking just about this um in, uh, it is extremely unfair, but I I was happy. 
oh, for him to be up. so funny great. in that role. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. No. But I mean, this, oh, everyone in that movie is just otherwise so wasted. Ed Helms, I don't know if he likes playing hateable and just, just so just so annoying, but I was really happy to have Chris Hemsworth just like swanning around. The joke basically is that he's he's hot and I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. 2017 Thor Ragnarok comes around and then the re- the rest of his career outside of the new Men in Black movie is Marvel. Marvel. Uh, Infinity War in 2018, Avengers uh, Endgame in 2019, and now coming up he has Men in Black International. Um, also, there's been some reports that um, the fourth Star Trek was going to have a time travel subplot huh. with him and... Uh, contract negotiations fell through and actually since he started doing men in black press he's been saying that he did it he like he turned it down because the script was bad Ooh. which is not not a good look yeah <laughs> mm. i think he should have just went with contract i think he thinks that not to speak for chris hemsworth because no one no human can um but uh i think he thinks that sounding like he turned it down on the principle of the script not being good makes him look better than the principle of them not paying him enough. Yeah. But like shows what I know because it, on first reaction I I was like, "Oh yeah, well good. He should he should deserves good material." I mean, but also like uh I don't even know what to say just cuz I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of money either way. Right. Yeah. Um on, on the personal life front, uh, he started dating Spanish actress Elsa Pataki in 2010, um, and they met through their representatives, which sounds creepy and weird. Like that sounds like that infamous like secret Scientology dinner that yeah. Scarlett Johansson got sent to, which is why she left Mission Impossible Three. Oh, That's no. common knowledge, right? Every, every, does I everybody know? what the fuck no. is this? Oh, okay. Real quick sidebar: some some scalding hot dish the for intel. you. Um, the Scarlett Johansson was going to play the Carrie Russell role in uh, Mission Impossible 3 okay. back when Kenneth Branagh was going to direct it. What? And the role was much beefier. Yeah, because it went to Joe Carnahan and then Kenneth Branagh and then and then to J.J. Abrams. Um, and she said that she, Tom Cruise invited her to dinner um, and it was at this really weird like hall. And so she went in and she was brought to this room with like a select group of people and they started talking to her about Scientology. And then about half an hour later, they brought her to a much larger room where there was like a banquet full of people. And she was like, I gotta go. What's a banquet full of people like for <laughs> yeah. dinner? Yeah. And she was like, I can't. Mm-mm-mm. And then she like dropped out of the movie. Good for her. Runaway girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, Smart. I mean, was there Smart. at least good food? Which uh, is not me I accusing hope. Chris Hemsworth of being a Scientologist. I just want to get that out there. He's not. <laughs> but also he met his... <laughs> through through their representatives. <laughs> Who are Scientologists? No, okay. <laughs> oh. um, so they, they got married in 2010. Very short engagement. Um, and they currently have three children. Uh, a yeah. daughter born in May 2012. And she's a model, right? Uh, she's an actress. Okay. She was yeah. in the Fast and Furious movies, I think starting maybe Fast Five. Yes. Oh, God, how many of them are there? <laughs> so many. And oh, I, yeah, I just want to appreciate uh, the age gap. Like, she is seven years older than him. And I was like, oh, well, good yeah. job, Chris. Honestly, I'm impressed by both of them. Good for both of them. And good for their three children. Yeah, uh, a daughter and then twin sons who were born in 2014. Um, and they're no longer Los Angelinos. Um, they live in Byron Bay in Australia. Wow. I don't want to downplay 
Chris's um, very nominated career. Um, <laughs> he has been nominated many times at the Teen Choice Awards. Oh, the teens love him. Uh, yeah. The People's Choice Awards, the MTV Movie Awards, um, and the Kids Choice Awards. And uh, I, he, if if I stop being a dick for one moment, I can also tell you that yes, he was in fact nominated uh, for a. Uh, British Academy of Film Awards uh, for Thor. Wow! Yeah, for the Rising Rising Star Award. Um, but he's mostly won Teen Choice Awards. Um, Gavin, uh, are are we done with his personal life? I think so. I think so. I, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of listed charitable works, which right. bugs me a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's been in the business for ten years. The charity he's working for is his three kids. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, he, I mean, he did do uh, uh, like. A campaign for the Australian Football League. It's the Everything's Possible campaign and donated fees for his involvement to the Australian Children Foundation. Now, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a loving family, which as a parent myself, I appreciate now more than ever. But not every child is as lucky. The bottom line is the loss that abused children experience is too tough for them to handle alone and they need our help. So there is that. But yeah, there's not a long, long list of charities. I'm sure he does a bunch. There's a lot of those things that go unpublished. So. Um, I just, it, it, it just dawned on me. We forgot one movie so very important to uh-huh. his career. Um, when did 12 Strong happen? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, that was the thing. That uh, was a th- I was like, wait, he did the Marvel things, but somewhere in there was this... In 2018, the same year that he did Avengers Infinity War okay. and Bad Times at El Royale. Yes. Oh, which uh, I also didn't mention. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale. Yeah. So and... last year was a, was a pretty big year for, for Chris Hemsworth, actually. Between 12 Strong, Avengers Infinity War, and Bad Times at El Royale, he was, wow. he was pretty stacked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that is, I think that is his charity. I think he shares with us his stacked body <laughs> yeah. and we all benefit from it. What a whiplash though to see 12 strong <laughs> and then bad times at El Royale. Yeah. Like talk about, I don't, I don't even know what to talk about. Um, I wonder what like in his brain was like, you know what? Fuck yeah, America war movies. Let's fucking, you watched a little of, of 12 strong i refuse to watch 12 strong i'm not down with propaganda i don't care that movie could people could tell me that movie is the best movie ever made i saw the trailer and was like oh this is just jingoistic propaganda right i i watched maybe 15 minutes of it um and you know i just got i got really so a whole host of things i was like i could continue watching this but it seems like a lot of work and also it's pure propaganda um like actual, um, and I just decided, nah, I'm fine. Um, uh, Joel, You're, did you watch uh, Twelve Strong? Yes, I think you two had uh, you 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 were stayed with your principles more than I did because it. Yeah, there's <laughs> not there's not much shading whatsoever, uh, but I did appreciate that a running theme through the movie is just how unprepared the U.S. military is to be in Afghanistan, and I mean I. Part of it is, I think, not intended, but they're just showcasing what the story of this unit uh, was. But I think that just turn after turn, they don't know the language, they don't know the custom, they don't have the necessary equipment, but it's all in service of, well, I guess I guess we're going in anyway, boys. Yeah, yeah. Take a look around, Captain. We're a little busy. What do you want? I'm back on my team, sir. You don't have a team. You've been rotated to my staff, at your request, by the way, all right? They'll be filtered into new ODAs when the opportunities arise. If 
I were you, I'd get back to your desk and start studying intel on Afghanistan. The Taliban sponsored the attack, sir? Al-Qaeda planned this attack. They have refuge in Afghanistan. Well, the Middle East is our assigned region, sir. Really? I didn't know that. Here's the thing, though. You don't have a region because you don't have a team. So get back to your desk and let me do my job. Where does and it fall in the accentometer? The uh, accentometer there? He's got the American down. It's, it's not... I think it's better there. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. I think that, like, wraps up a lot of our yeah. rewind. I think, you know, there's not... I, we're still painting the picture of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I feel he's gonna be with us for a long time. Outside of Thor, I don't think he's a strong leading male. I'm just gonna say it, wow. and I and I think he's better when he's given, even though he is so beautiful, when he's given the business of a character actor. Yes. I would agree. I think that he has to. I, I think naturally he's very handsome. You want to put him in that leading man slot, but. He can't carry everything on, you know, generic leading man alone. He has to have right. more to do. Like, you need to cut it with something like pretty but dumb, pretty but too aggressive, pretty but he uses his charisma to become a cult leader. A c- cult leader, yeah. Um, it's funny, you had mentioned uh, James Bond earlier, and I was thinking, like, do you think he could ever do, like, a James Bond? Could he be James Bond? I think he would be a boring James Bond. I think I think that's what it would be, you know. Um, but but I mean, honestly, and obviously, they would never cast somebody like Chris Evans because he is so American. But like, I think Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Chris Evans would be a boring James Bond. I think the the most out of the Chris is the most complicated James Bond you would get would be maybe Chris Pine because there's like an edge to him. You there's think like an, an edge to Chris Pine. Yeah, there's like an ugliness to him that I think he's a beautiful man, but like I think there's like an ugliness that runs through him hmm. that I don't think exists in in either of the other Chris's. And know, once I, again, we're but who Pratt, knows? Pratt is over. <laughs> so, Pratt oh, yeah. is over Chris yeah. canceled. I think Pine has uh like he and Chris Hemsworth and Alexander Skarsgård are kind of all in a zone of handsomeness, but I think oh, he could be the Pine... new Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I think what he has is like they're all, you know, they're all handsome, but Skarsgård like is innately more threatening, and Hemsworth is just more of a golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah. He does have like this puppy thing going on and he can be threatening in films i thought he was very threatening in in bad times at el royale and i thought he was very threatening in a perfect getaway but it i i think there is that quality that keeps it from right he can't he can't i mean it it, we've never heard anything about him like being a bad guy bad behavior you know really drinking the the hollywood kool-aid really you know um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, where he keeps going. I learned through my research on him that there is a term, apparently, in Australia, uh, the tall poppy syndrome. And <laughs> Chris Hemsworth has talked about why or, or maybe how he's not a complete asshole uh, being so <laughs> handsome. Uh, and they have this uh, habit where they... People who see someone else being very successful or good looking, they are the tall poppy and to like keep it groomed or like in check, they cut it down. So I mean, I guess hot people are sort of bullied by the the, the normals in Australia, but like <laughs> they, they take the piss out of a person more and try and keep him humble. Honestly, good for them. Yeah. Um 
we should, I don't know, like, yeah. First round of all, up all the attractive yeah. people. First of all, fuck hot people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we got to keep them humble. Yeah. Sorry, Joel. You got to go. Oh, no. So uh, why don't we move into our one-star reviews and just get it out of the way. Okay. Good, good call. Joel, you're our guest, and we normally like to let our guests go first. What is your Chris Hemsworth one-star review? I chose for my one-star review Cash, which has a subtitle, and it is The Root of All Evil. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. You didn't even tell everybody how cleverly stylized the word cash is. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's a dollar sign. Yeah, the S is a dollar sign. It's cash out. Yeah, yeah. God, if only. Uh, Yeah, this is a movie that Sean Bean is in it. They got the money somehow to get Sean Bean to play some kind of criminal. Also play twins. He's Yeah, I was going to say play himself and his brother. (laughs) Yeah, for no reason except seemingly a sequel setup. Because oh my god, yeah, that, yeah, that movie is Cash. In fact, the first movie Chris Hemsworth does with a post-credit scene. Oh god, really? yeah, oh, wow. He's not yeah. in the post-credits, but no. if there would have been it's Cash franchise, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Cash franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, badly written, badly directed. Like it's kind of like No Country for Old Men, but super dumb. Uh, Sean okay. Bean's uh, one of the two Sean Beans loses a. Uh, suitcase full of money uh, before he's arrested and so his brother comes over to try and track it down and through ways that you could never track down cash because you just threw it off the side of like an overpass and yeah uh, (laughs) chris hemsworth picked it up um he tracks him down and then proceeds to like sort of threaten death like death is implied when he meets uh chris hemsworth and uh his uh wife or fiance who are kind of in debt and they need this money to pay off uh, the bank on their home and just upgrade their lives. But then he just proceeds to like stay with them and have the wife cook dinner for him. As no, oh, no, no, not oh, the wife. It's he makes oh, he makes Chris Hemsworth oh, cook for them because it's emasculating. Right. Oh yeah, he doesn't eat meat. It's so stupid. But like you track him eating meat by the end of the movie because Sean Bean has now gotten him there, and that's like his moral decay. Why don't you slip over to the uh, stove there, Sam? Uh, cook up some eggs and meat for Leslie and me. What? Eggs, Sam. I want eggs. Are you going to cook or not? I'll do it. No, I want Sam to do it. He's a domestic man, aren't you, Sam? What are you doing? Stop it. I just want to do it, that's all, Leslie. This is ridiculous. Oh, it's elementary school crap. What's it going to be, Sam? Whatever. Eggs, no big deal. And meat, Sam. The reason that this is not my one-star review... Um, is because I think the worst bit in it is actually Sean Bean, and part of it's not his fault. Um, the character is so poorly written. He's he's racist, sexist, and oh yeah, and like uh, misogynist. But he's also 
like you, it's presented in a way in which you're supposed to believe that he, like his philosophy is somehow cool. It was like he's a cool guy, but also he's ruining these people's lives. <laughs> and and I never once and I couldn't tell if it was Sean Bean's sort of lazy performance or if it was the script itself, but I never came over to the other side. Though I could see the strings that were trying to be like, isn't he so cool? And it's like, no, he's a fucking asshole, and I can't wait till he dies. Well, this just sounds like a very complex, fulfilling, classic dom-sub relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you make those eggs. <laughs> All right, it sounds like you had a, a good pick, Joel, then. Yeah, it is. It's that, That's a solid one-star review. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Louis, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, my one-star review is 2015's Black Hat. <laughs> Really? Yeah. My first thought about Black Hat is on the accentometer. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Uh, it's the bottom of, he's of, from the, Chicago, of the American accent. Can't, can you not tell? He's yeah, I could. I I literally was like, "Is this?" I thought he was like from Jersey. I don't know what <laughs> what it was. And it kept. And the movie is like this international thing where like there's a lot of uh, you know they're they're working with police from China. Uh, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I didn't pick a backup, and my one star view is also 2015's Black Hat. So, so I'm gonna help you with the plot of it. Please, yeah. I mean, he, he's an. He could not. I, you could ask me. I was like, I don't really know per se what this movie is about. Yeah. Um, but I do know that at the very beginning they have one of those classic hacker scenes where it's oh. like. Time to get into the internet. Um, just the, 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 the gall, the gall in 2015. It is from 1995 before, with better graphics. Yes. Before I move into the plot, I just want to say no director, even in the movie Hackers, which is a ton of fun because it's ridiculous and stupid, no director has ever been able to make hacking look interesting. Yeah, no. It's just not the way it works. It really isn't. Um, but. So Chris Hemsworth plays an imprisoned hacker who uh, was arrested for computer crimes. In the beginning, there's a hack, depending on which version you watch. It's either a hack at a nuclear facility or a hack on soybean trades. But he is he is like sprung from prison by his friend who went to college at MIT with him because this code that's being used into hack nefariously, they wrote together and his friend, his roommate from college now works for the Chinese government. Um, also his friend has like a hot sister. Yes. Uh-oh. Which is the worst thing in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hate any action. It's such a like, and it feels like such a like eighties action movie trope to be like, Chris Hemsworth has one scene with her and then they fuck. Yeah. And in, in both versions of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, if he looked at me the way they just look at each other with no conversation on their own, I'd be like, yes, like all right. we're in a relationship. Yeah. We're in a relationship. We're having kids. And they're on the case to, like, find the hacking, I guess. And, and it sort of becomes a, a cross-country caper. I saw one review that said it was, like, the best James Bond movie of the last, like, ugh, oof. It is... No ma'am, no pam. Uh, I think, you know, as, as, um... As you mentioned earlier, I think the movie is is really hurt by um, the way it's shot. Um, I I I appreciate Michael Mann's willingness to toy with digital film and and play around with it and the the way that it looks and the you know it's sometimes it's really kinetic and you know this was the first movie he did that was one hundred percent on digital. Um, but 
I felt like the 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 way it looked was was so haphazard. I, I believe they used something like twenty different cameras on this movie, wow. which is why there's such a varying degree of quality of the look depending on the yeah. angle and and what they're cutting to. I found that really distracting and really ugly, and I don't understand Michael Mann's obsession with consumer-grade digital film, because I think that's what kept a lot of other filmmakers from moving into the digital digital market for a long time. And I think the, the look hinders the film, and then I think the script's a little boring. It, I could not believe how the movie kept going <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah because I, you've, I, got the, uh, you've, you've got the soybean hack yeah. which drives up the price you've got this nuclear facility uh where they're where you find out they're testing the uh coolant system i believe and then you've got the later yep. hack and you find out the whole thing is to drive up the price of tin it's all about yep. tin yep. and it's like they they take them places all across the globe and uh, there's like a so for a little while it's like chasing who's behind the hack and then yeah. it turns out that that there's like a gang of characters who like so it turns into like a shoot 'em up thing. Yeah. When it got to the shoot 'em up area, that's when it started to lose me because I was like, really. To get back to Chris Hemsworth, he, I don't, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Like he, at the beginning, I think he was like, all right, I have this accent, and then halfway through shooting, he's like, fuck, the accent's gone. Uh, now what's my thing? I don't know. And uh, I, I will say that I think him and the 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 female lead or whatever her i i don't know her name um they have enough chemistry just because they're both really hot yeah um but uh they but that's it like that's the chemistry that, yeah that's truly it looking. and um but beyond that you know can i read you a quote from chris hemsworth himself yeah please so in um 2019 um chris hemsworth said uh when asked about black hat in variety he said i didn't enjoy what i did on the film it just felt flat and it's also an attempt to do what i thought people might have wanted to see but i don't think i'm good in that space huh hmm. and so like i think he's aware that his performance was a little under par i mean he's like in terms of acting because as you mentioned viola davis is in it um it's it's full of people pulling a performance like i mentioned earlier i was glad that i didn't watch it for her because she's not in it all that much yeah but um she does have that iconic line you can call me chica whenever you want (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that because i think Uh, the first time he meets her i literally watched this movie two days ago and i forgot about that he says hola chica and she's like chica yeah and then cut to later he like does a hacking thing you can call me Chica whenever you want. Um, I, I do want to say this real quick before we move out of this. This film was not really well-reviewed. The tide turned at the end of the year of the, the, this in 2015. Um, it was named by Sight & Sound one of the best films of 2016. Crazy. Um, and it was put on, like, several lists. I want to say at least ten lists for best film of the year. And I I just genuinely don't know what people saw in this movie. Though he was nominated for a Teen Choice Award. Which is nonsense. <laughs> I um, read that uh, some people were regarding it, uh, even this year, as a flawed masterpiece. And I went in looking to see that. And yeah. I, I couldn't get there. Even uh, from a character motivation point of view, he is a black hat. 
Uh, he is a criminal, and it seems like it, there, there's never really any danger that he's going to actually be a bad guy. Like, he breaks the law a couple of times in service of getting the hacker responsible for these things that are damaging people's lives, but he's just, like, a nice guy who's trying to do right. Yeah, and I, there's a, uh, I remember the, the really awful monologue he has with, like, the girl. Like, I guess the only motivation that they have to hook up, he's like... I don't care. I did the crime. I'm going to do my time. He's it's like, the time's not doing me. Yeah. I'm sorry for what happened to you. Oh, you know, don't be. I, I'm not fishing for sympathy here. I did the crime. I'm doing the time. Time isn't doing me. What's that mean? I do my own time, not the institutions. See, so to hold on to who you are in there, you dedicate yourself to your program. You work out in your body and your mind. It's very cliche and just like... Who cares? God, like you suck. Boring. And, and, and the movie der- just drags and drags and drags. Um, uh, yeah, not a great outing for Mr. Hemsworth. I wonder if this is the kind of movie and, and the type of thing that he was saying that people were thinking he would be good at was mm. just not a movie that we're looking for right now. Like maybe we were 20 years ago and right. he would be the kind of look that would be in that movie and that would work but i think that's not his strength that's not what we want from him or in a movie right now um if anyone who's listening to this loved black hat send a message our way what oh i know one particular i know previous guest dan mecca is going to be so angry at oh us, god but... dan oh no dan save yeah. it um real quick before we move on out of our one star reviews uh which we really should um yeah the uh were there any other films that you particularly saw that you didn't like or you didn't think that he was giving the all that he could? I remember I watched Red Dawn in theaters um, and it was not great. Yeah. Red Dawn, such an interesting thing to me because there's so many things working against it. First of all, the only reason to remake this movie is if you're going to bring an interesting context to the now portion, which I don't think they do because no. I think... There's an interesting movie there about the fact that these teens essentially become terrorists. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not me siding with the bad guys. But I mean, that's it shows you like how people get radicalized for something they believe in. And I think there's an interesting thing that could have been done with that film about um, radicalization and the power of propaganda on the other side, which you get a very small glimpse of, but not much. Like they literally at one point just say, say um, Oh, collaborators, it was bound to happen. Yeah. And it's like, but how are they collaborators? Why, what are they promising them? What is the, anyways, the movie's not that deep. It's actually 25 minutes shorter than the original, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. And also, I think one of the things the original does is it puts them in a really real sense of danger. Characters die in the original a lot. Mm. And in the remake, there's really not a ton of that. Right. There are Um, some deaths on the side of uh, the good guys, but I think the movie is at fault because it's a lot of uh, characters of color who you don't really know that well. And, And it feels... It feels kind of pointed Very when it bad. happens, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, it, you know, he's not terrible in it. I mean, I I also don't think he's the best, like, hoorah American. It's funny, like, that movie, he is the hoorah American guy, and then also in 12 Strong. Yeah. It's the same thing, um, and I feel similarly. I mean, I think that's a good place for us to move into our five-star reviews. Yeah. 
So Joel, what is your five star review? My five star review. It was it was so tempting to go with Thor Ragnarok, but I wanted to draw attention to maybe one of his roles that was less seen. So it will be Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, Ooh, nice. good choice, good choice. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I like it as a you know tense noir that takes place at this uh, hotel on the border between California and Nevada uh, after gambling has drawn folks to casinos other places so it's kind of not visited off the beaten trail and you've got this great ensemble of actors. Oh my god, actors. that cast. Yeah, great cast. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, John Hamm, uh, who else we got in this? Cynthia Revo. She had a great year between that and, uh, and Widows. Yeah. yeah. Chris Hemsworth does not come in until minute 52 and then he leaves and then comes back <laughs> in about 40 minutes but he just impressed me uh so much i feel like drew goddard just is able to uncover more hemsworth layers we have not seen before he's playing this uh i mean we meet him on a beach and it's fully like this is jesus like backlit sun shining like the footprints in the sand that was one set when you thought there were two sets. Oh my uh, god, I didn't even realize that. Like it's it's so true. And like he is like uh, I don't know, just he's so like his cadence and voice are just he's so folksy and relaxed uh, from this California accent, and he's very like light on his feet. But then he is a cult leader who will get you to do terrible things after yeah. brainwashing you. And I was yes. just so mesmerized by oh, also his body he saunters yeah. his hips so well but i think that's i think that's one of the interesting things that your goddard does with him is that he like he's able to you know it, this, this character that he's playing because we sort of mentioned that he doesn't have this like shitty streak that i think a lot of other actors seem to present um and he's in recent interviews sort of compared himself to trying to do what Kurt Russell does, which is that like Kurt Russell wasn't less of a wasn't less of a man than other action stars, but he was much more flawed mm-hmm. than other action stars were. And I th- I think there's I think that's what Drew Goddard does really well with him is he knows the way th- that he looks like an angel and that but that's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. I think this movie is interesting because or this role particularly, he's able to use his sexuality, um, at, and, it, and it feels uh, it feels like the sin is real. You know, like it's nefarious. The, whoever put him in those pants, yes, <laughs> like they sit them just low enough. Yeah, and like you said, Joel, he like truly saunters in, um, and it, it, it you do feel like he is evil. Like there is, uh, he's able to manipulate mostly these women. Um, into doing his bidding for him. Boots, quick choose. Are you good or are you bad? I'm neither. <laughs> now she's cheating because she knows what answer I'm looking for. Boots, I'm giving a whole speech here, right? In front of people, don't mess it up for me. <laughs> I'll get you to pick. Watch. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now with my star pupil. Boots, why don't you come up here and help me out for a second? And what about Millie? Why don't you come join us too? Come on. We're gonna have ourselves a tussle tonight. It's been a while since we've had a tussle, right? Oh, but wait a second, Rosie don't want a tussle. She's smart enough to know not to play the game, right? But this is how I get her. 
I dangle something she really wants. You two are gonna have a proper tussle tonight, and the winner, well, the winner gets to sleep with me in the big house tonight. How'd that be? And it's interesting, too, because it's clear that the inspiration is Charles Manson, mm-hmm. but it never feels like a per- like a Charles Manson performance. It's right. very clear that the both the script and Hemsworth were able to bring something to it that doesn't feel like a, a parody or or even even hat tipping. Like, it's just yeah. like that. This is the shell, but everything else is going to be completely different inside. Yeah. And I think that uh, I-, I like that he's not in full control in the film. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo's character has this monologue where she just nails, you know, uh. what kind of narcissistic psychopath he is and relates and it that, unnerves him yeah and, yeah, and, and he's not special either like he is a man like amongst many other men and she's just so fucking tired of their shit you see like the flicker in his eyes of like because this whole performance before the hand has been very like smooth and silky mm. and he's in total control and then she's able to trip him up and it's not even just like lines they're reading you can see in his face he registers this kind yeah. of there's a difference in the way he moves um and he realizes that uh his old tricks are not working anymore yeah they use well the screen persona that they that marvel has developed for him i think like the the same year infinity war like they describe him as like a god man and pirate angel and they really just twist that in a way that we haven't really seen from him before like he's always got the potential to play someone malevolent if you're just that handsome i mean you have that power uh and here they really do it and and yeah the rest of the film is also i think fantastic subverting expectations of what you want for these characters as it kind of uh plays with time a little bit and shows different characters perspectives of the same events and ends up being i don't know i think i think kinder than uh a tarantino movie which this might look like on the surface yeah Yeah. i agree with that for sure definitely i you know my big complaint about the movie is it's so long and as an Mm. editor i'm constantly like looking at things and being like oh this could be cut and this could be cut um but i mean that's I, I don't know. I do think all the actors are really charismatic. Yeah, and, and I, I would say this, like, to counter on that is, like, I thought the the length of this movie just added to, like, the tension building, because I was, like, it kind of kept screwing and screwing, and I was like, oh my god, let me live. Because <laughs> you do like everyone so much. Everyone, you're like, and you don't know what's going to happen, because the movie yeah. is violent. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say excellent pick, Joel. Absolutely. Louis, do you want to go next? Yeah, fuck my drag, Joel, because I chose Ragnarok. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything, um, all of his Thor work, I feel like, was coming to uh, this, and uh, whatever magic goop that Taika Waititi was able to just, like, spray all over him and gave him the full uh, runway to be weird and funny and... I think they understood that Thor was the most boring Avenger. Yeah. And they needed to do something. That was the first thing I, when Tyker and I spoke about it, both said, well, I said, I'm sick of me. And he said, yeah, I'm sick of you too. And, um, and, and, and me is this character. So what can we do different? So every day, if it felt familiar, we just went in a different direction. Um, 
huge improvisation. You know, Tiger would stand offset, kind of yelling suggestions and you know commentating on your on your performance. Sometimes that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> learn learn your lines. They didn't even know that what they had in Chris Hemsworth was the answer already. Um, and I think even like watching the trailer of Ragnarok is like so much more enjoyable than watching Dark World. You yeah. know, um, seeing him be full puppy dog, um, the chemistry he is able to create with Tessa Thompson and Valkyrie, um, him and, I mean, Tom Hiddleston, they've been like building this relationship for yeah. such a long time. Uh, him going up against Kate Blanchett as Hella, like it, I mean, on every level of this movie, I was just screaming internally with joy. Like this movie is such a joy. And that's and that's one of the unfortunate things I feel like that people don't recognize is that the character arc of Thor is um which I mean this happens every time there's an Avengers movie and it's always undone. Yeah. But like the character arc of Thor throughout his own movies is one of the more interesting arcs yeah. throughout the the Marvel movies. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess I'm pretty basic too, because it's the second fucking time, you, you jerk. Like, I agree. I think Thor Ragnarok displays the, the best, uh, performance of, of what Chris Hemsworth is capable of, because he really digs into the soul of who, uh, Thor is and how he's grown as a character. And obviously you have the advantage of these previous films technically four but if you really sort of look at it too you know thor and thor the dark world and see like how he sort of overcome his arrogance and realize that like he is you know he's not going to be the guy that's going to lead asgard into a new age the way that it was assumed right. he was going to be but he is a genuine good person who is trying to do good things and what a breath of fresh when they decide like if they wipe away the hollywood need to have like a love interest yeah you know and he can just pal around and pal around and be buddies right with this great cast of characters around him um i think the movie very smartly just like shuttles off jane foster and all that mess <laughs> um and you know with tessa thompson it, it's such it's so clear that they're like not she is an equal i'm going to stop her Alone? Nope. I'm putting together a team. It's me, you, and the big guy. No, no team, only Hulk! It's me and you. I think it's only you. Listen, the Valkyrie are legend. Elite warriors of Asgard sworn to defend the throne. I'm not getting dragged into another one of Odin's family squabbles. Do we need to talk about plot? I don't know. I know. I mean, I think most people have seen it, and also Marvel doesn't really care about plot, so... <laughs> yeah. I think Taika Waititi is such a um, talented director. Like, there are scenes in that that are gorgeous. Yeah. That are just so fun to just look at. And it looks so different than any other Marvel it, film it has, before or since. Yeah, it has life, it has joy, there's personality. Uh, yeah, and but again, it just shows you, you know, surround... He obviously is the titular character of Thor, but the movie is not just about him. Yeah. Um, and he has this band of characters that are fully realized and fleshed out compared to the other earlier Thor movies where he had his other Norse henchmen around. Oh, five, yeah. The, oh, the, the Warriors, Warriors three. three. Yeah. yeah. But like they were, they did not, I, I don't know who Lady Sif was. I don't, right. like all these other characters, they, they kind of were just like generic, you know, Norse 
characters that didn't have personalities. His his arc moving into Infinity War feels better than where the arc picks up in Endgame. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think yeah. Endgame. And I mean, I I think he gives a good performance, and I gen- genuinely the scene where he gets Mjolnir back is mm-hmm. like a, a great shining moment for him. But I think that interpretation of the character is like seventy percent garbage. Right. The the whole like I'm sad, so I drink beer and got fat. Yeah, so I got fat, and like, and also, I mean, I I've seen a lot of people be like, oh yeah, depression and whatnot. I think that's. I don't think the script is deep enough to to really acknowledge that right. that's what's going on. I think that's the audience putting that projecting in. yeah if it, honestly think... if it helps you that's a great thing but i i think that's projection not in on the page i think the movie isn't equipped to deal with with all of that and, yeah. and it's a lot they've heaped on him over the course of these movies losing his uh mother then his father then his planet half his people like by it was it was a rough transition for me when I went from Ragnarok, where he's gone through hell, but he's come out with these friends, he's saved his people, and then the post-credits is, uh, like, Thanos' ship coming, and then you open the next movie with everything just gone to hell. But I think that he does the a, a really good job showing, like, sort of, even in Infinity War, Thor's breaking at the seams but when you add up everything that he's lost and the uh shame or the guilt that he feels when he's not able to deliver uh the killing blow in that movie that to to yeah mentally occupy his headspace uh he yeah he would not be doing well and i appreciate that they tried to go there but it's not all that successful at least how the movie treats him anyway yeah i think the dismount is shaky quakey but um, the, the the Ragnarok and Infinity War arc is very nice. Um, are there any other movies that we want to mention? Uh, you guys mentioned Rush before, and I didn't rewatch it um, because I remember being kind of like middle of the road on it. But you guys seem to really like it. I so. did really like it. I was, I mean, I liked it so much that I googled like the real Nikki uh, Louder, Nikki Lauda, Nikki Lauda, and uh, James Hunt, and I was like, oh man, this is, I mean. It's intense, and it, 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 the, I, back in the day, there's like less uh, regulations and security. They said like every season, six men would die nope. just racing cars. That's too much, which is insane. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a movie that I'll highlight, but I also just wanted to uh, like shout out his performance on SNL, which uh, like sketch after <laughs> sketch, it's almost entirely making fun of of how handsome he is he that he's very comfortable like making fun of himself and i think i think the line was like i'm not okay maybe i will not try an accent but when i got to hollywood they said i was too tall too blonde my muscles were too big i bounced around hollywood for days so i appreciate (laughs) someone hot embracing their hot privilege my god must be see the hot privilege is very real um also, I say I think he was a shining, uh, bright part of the uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, movie. I think I think he. My only problem is, and we sort of mentioned it before, is that the joke is just that he's so hot; it doesn't matter how dumb he is. And I feel like I've I've seen that joke a lot, and also I feel like those women 
were working so hard and doing the things that they were doing that I was just like, meh, what you're doing isn't as, as, isn't as impressive as like each individual person is giving yeah. their, but once again, he does look really fucking good in, yeah. that, in that role. Like he can do like dirty and like mud covered in the Huntsman movies. And then in that movie, yeah. he's just like, like trim and neat. And he has glasses with no lenses in lenses. them. No lenses. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but I, I've I seen do... that joke so much lately. Oh no. That joke is in things a lot. The no lenses thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I agree that his part of it with them, like parts of it work. I think it more worked for me when they were when they liked him and weren't annoyed by him because I think a lot of that movie is like the forces of the city and other characters just like dumping on the women all the time. And when yeah. he's part of that, it's kind of a bummer. I'm just like let let them have one nice thing. Let them have a good employee. Right, yeah, for sure. Real quick, before we move into our fast forward, though, I think we should revisit what we've talked about and do our mixed reviews review. So my one-star review was 2015's Black Hat. It was also mine. And mine was 2010's Cash with a dollar sign. (laughs) (laughs) And both Louie and I, we're totally in sync this time, which never happens. Um... It, we both picked 2017's Thor Ragnarok for our five-star review. I know. We, this is our first double-double. Yeah. And I picked uh, 2018's Bad Times at the El Royale. Excellent. So it's nice to see that he's, like, moving into an area where he's doing his best work. Yeah, yeah. I um, agree. But let's talk about what's going on with Chris Hemsworth's future and move into our fast-forward. So he's got a couple things listed that he's going on. I mean, obviously we're talking about him because Men in Black International comes out. Uh, Avengers Endgame just came out a month ago. So he really is keeping his name on everybody's lips. He also has DACA coming out um, this year. It's or supposedly this year. It's in post-production. He's a producer on it. The screenplay is by Joe Russo of the Avengers, you know, and uh, he plays... Uh, it's about a mercenary who's hired to rescue the kidnapped son of a Bangladeshi businessman. Hmm. It's a Netflix film. Okay. Um, and then he's also, I'm assuming, just doing a cameo in Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, which is to be announced, but it's in currently in post-production. Do you see this Untitled Hulk Hogan biopic? Oh, that's right. I forgot he was attached to the Hulk Hogan biopic. It's on his IMDb. It yeah. says he will be playing the titular Hulk Hogan. I'm curious about that because... Hulk Hogan's not someone to look up to. Yeah, how, and, um, how dark is this portrayal going to be? Right. And I'm curious to see where they go with that. Um, but also, it makes me worried because of everything we sort of talked about, about the sense of humor that um, uh, Chris Hemsworth has. I feel like outside of the wrestling Hulk Hogan persona, I don't think Hulk Hogan has that much sense of humor <laughs> about himself. Right. I mean, he I, he took down Gawker. Yeah, true. Um, and I you're thought, right. He does have a good sense of humor, <laughs> right? <laughs> Things on the internet don't bother him at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess he okay. F- saying he looks like Hulk Hogan is being very generous. Um, uh, but he has a very muscular body. That's what I'll say. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, of these things, uh. I'm excited only for Men in Black International because it's him and Tessa Thompson. I would watch them do anything together. Yeah. Um, they are they have phenomenal um, chemistry. Um, I'm excited to see him going into, like, 
more um, serious, kind of exploring uh, uh, newer sides of him, like stuff in DACA. I bet you Jay and Silent Bob, if he does anything, it'll be very funny and um, he'll make fun of himself, which is always a plus. Absolutely. Um, this Hulk Hogan thing, though, really has me nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that for whatever he does, if it is good work, if he's finding things like material that's compatible with what he can do, that also the audience shows up where i don't know he can be like find something where he can bring that sense of humor or that vulnerability he's able to bring alongside uh you know looking strong and and hot and then i hope that people show up for it we mentioned before he didn't have any baggage coming into thor now coming after thor he has so much baggage and so i think it's gonna be Mm. very hard for him to like just casually smeagle into you know a period drama you know that makes no sense uh, something like him going into uh, 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 Bad Times at El Royale or even Men in Black International where you can really ham it up and uh, like really play to the rafters, I think it's going to be to his benefit. But it is interesting that so much of his career has been spent in franchises. Yeah. And I don't know what that says. Like, or I mean, I mean, he's obviously a, a good go-to for that. Um, well, I think now they've found... I think they've, they, I think Hollywood has realized that he has kind of the same powers that um, The Rock has. Yeah. You know, he can do action things. He's funny and charming. But arguably a better actor, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess no one's putting, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Johnson. No one's putting him in period dramas. Right, right. No one's putting him in like these kind of um, awards-y type movies. Um, He knows what he can do. And he... Is fa- he's it, it, both of them have this family friendly quality that you can see like kids will like them and the things that make them laugh and also you can go see him in like the bloody shoot 'em up whatevers right uh, oh, the bloody shoot 'em up whatevers our favorite genre of <laughs> I love that genre uh, and, and and so it'll be interesting to see you know like The Rock has had a longer career I'd say and like more um, he's tried more flavors in this yeah. genre of like. Like Vin Diesel, also like these are. Yeah. Oof, I would not. I Vin Diesel is like getting more towards the bottom of the barrel when you're talking about acting abilities. But like they, they all kind of occupy the same space, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's interesting to see that if Chris Hemsworth can continue to find the roles that will elevate him um, out of just like action star who can play against type and be funny sometimes. And I wonder if maybe unlike Dwayne Johnson, where he could slowly work up with uh not that his movies were ever like a small in scale he would be the lead but they wouldn't be they would be somewhat like middle budget action i wonder if for chris hemsworth there are higher stakes uh to involving him because of his franchise involvement yeah i mean if if i was going to like have any advice for chris hemsworth or things that i'd want to see from him is I wonder if he could just like sit for a while, really be considerate about the work right. he's going to be taking. Um, you know, who knows how well or not Men in Black International will do. Um, that but, trailer has me nervous. Let me tell you, a funny animated sidekick is. They love doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie definitely does feel like everyone was like, hey, wait a minute. 
We've got a property. Yeah. We've got some hot stars. Yeah. We've got Kumail, who's, like, had a really great couple of years. Yeah. It feels like they just put together, like, uh, you know, this has to be a hit, right? Who knows? Maybe it'll be great. Um, yeah. Maybe it won't. All I'll say is, I think if Chris Hemsworth... It, to me, it feels like he's been saying yes a lot to yeah. things. And I wonder if he started saying a little couple more no's. Um, maybe, Star Trek. Maybe put, like, some of his... Yeah, maybe... Yeah, maybe that's why he didn't want to do Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe, um, you know, put some money into, like, things that he's really passionate about. Um, and we can start seeing that. Because right now, I mean, if we're seeing him do trash, like, 12 Strong, I, I, I don't... I don't sense what he cares about or what he loves yeah. and, like, and, and he, he, um, or his like ethics or whatever. None of that is coming through the art he's making. Right. Um, I wonder, that's interesting. I wonder if he's been using his non-Marvel time knowing that there will be another uh, Thor, another Avengers on the horizon to figure out what he's good at, what doesn't work for him. And hopefully by this time he's figured enough of that out and if something failed in the meantime he would always get to go back to thor and i also would love to see a movie where they finally find a female like lead with him that like a love interest that doesn't feel generic yeah i feel like in a lot of these movies it's like whether it's olivia wilde and rush or that english actress in in the heart of the sea these these they it just feels like, you know, copy-paste any woman next to him and you just automatically believe that I would love to see someone, re- like, at his level, cut him down a peg or two. Yeah. And, because I haven't seen a movie with him, like, where it's, like, full-on romance and I'm like, yes, I want to see them together. I believe it. Yeah, where is where is our Chris Hemsworth-led Dirty Dancing? Where oh, is God. it? Yeah. So if you think about it, like, that's the Patrick, like, Patrick Swayze was an action star. Then you get him in something like Dirty Dancing and you're like, oh, fuck heat up that screen yeah i appreciate that uh, i mean i guess in his personal life and also on screen like he's doing the age gap thing which is great like he is always like i did the math and he's pretty much always younger than his female like co-stars in like romantic leads like from like two to 12 years where is our chris hemsworth emma thompson summer winter romance where is it i mean i maybe think about like would we want to see Chris Hemsworth in a romantic comedy? I mean, I think he, I genuinely think he could do it. And, uh, but I think it, I, I think the direction has to be there. I think the script has to be there. I think, I, I feel like if it's, you know, if he's just doing like a friend for a favor, a favor for a friend, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, but I, I I would like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything he does, I'll, I'll see it. I mean, I on this viewing of the movies I hadn't seen, it was a lot of his worst ones. It was a slog. So yeah. don't do that to me again, Chris, but I'll I'll see it, please. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, he's truly I think he's truly a very modern definition of a movie star. Yeah. And for sure. uh and and like he's worked towards finding the the niche and I think he's in the right direction. So, you know, but I mean, there's, there's work to be done. Yeah. I'm excited to see what's next for him for sure. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, I think that wraps up Chris Hemsworth. Joel, we made it. We made it. Whew. Where else can we find you online? 
I am on Twitter and Instagram at Joel K. Arnold, and I do a podcast. Uh, it's a Dungeons and Dragons uh, play podcast uh, called D and D. The third D is for dinner. We have uh, <laughs> our my friend who's uh, the dungeon master and and host. He also like cooks for us, and he is like an amateur chef who makes very good food. Uh, which is like, that tied... sounds delightful as yeah, fuck. Yeah. It's tied right. Louis is the, thinking like, of quitting of this podcast just for the dinners. Yeah. So hey, introduce yeah, it. Yeah, this gets me for Foster's beer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, anywhere you find podcasts, and I I produce it and I play a. a, a human ranger who's obsessed with uh milk and has a religion about cows so it's fun a religion wow complex characters love it <laughs> nice. i i also do want to point out by the way if you're thinking of following joel on instagram you definitely should and not just because he recently got an adorable kitty cat and he has not named him yet <gasps> you have yeah. a nameless cat he's he's sitting right here he is meowing because he wants attention and i have a short list of names <laughs> but uh okay. i cannot decide yet Meowing because he wants attention. Just name him Gavin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very good, Gavin. Um, listeners, please send your messages our way. Let us name Joel's cat. Yes, exactly. If you, if you want to... Well, I guess we should tell you where you can find us. So if you want to tweet names at us, you can find us at, at The Mixed Reviews on Twitter. You can also just uh, message us on Facebook. We're just at The Mixed Reviews. Uh, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. And you can listen to us all the good places you can get oh, your podcasts. Oh, God. We're on the Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a five-star review with a little note. I noticed nobody has written one. One like uh, Jane Austen yet, mm. and we're really looking forward to that. And also, if you just want to pitch us names for the cat yeah, in, in our iTunes review, though, I guess we'll have to pass them along to Joel. Yeah, please we do. do that. I have already considered Thor. I don't think he's a Thor, but you know, something mm. maybe a Hemsworth character. I'll accept it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joel. We really appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you. All right, then we'll see you guys next time, where we'll mix up some more reviews and uh, more some hot takes. Until then, though. Ugh, I can't finish this beer. Until then! (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Bye Bye bye!